Hey, photographers, welcome to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm here to help you build a sustainable photography business. That means improving your photo skills, building on your business knowledge, and honing your marketing abilities. But it also means helping you work more efficiently so you don't get burnt out in the long run. We do try to bring the show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing. Again, photographersedit.com and Milu.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca Podcast episode. And uh, actually, a return guest, one of our relatively few return guests, uh, Benjamin Clifford is here with me. Ben, thanks so much for making time, a second time, actually, to do the show. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely, Nathan. Stoked to be here. So yeah, this is just great. Well, we had you on the, the show back in episode, it's been a long time ago, actually, episode 143. This is going to be something like 400 or so uh, when it comes out, wow. actually quite a bit more than that, probably. But um, yeah, episode 141, for anybody who didn't hear that episode, we'll link to it in the show notes. And uh, Ben shared, we, we actually talked about kind of an intro to wedding photography, how to get into wedding photography. And you can get to know Ben a little yeah. better and, and listen to that conversation. Again, we'll link to episode 141 in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Come, but um, we've got a lot to cover, Ben. So I'm just going to jump right in. And this is a question <laughs> we've been asking a lot, actually, at the show: um, brand position. And you know what? I'm going to do something a little bit different here because I have to give you props. You're one of the few photographers that we've had on the show that has their brand position statement front and center, above the fold, <laughs> really simple, just, I mean, easy to understand. So I, without, I'm, I'm just going to say what it is here. And for anybody who's curious, you can go take yeah. a look at this prime example of just a really great brand position statement at Nomad, N-O-M-A-D, elopements.com. We'll link to it in the show notes, of course. Uh, but intimate elopement photography. I know this is a this is a recent kind of brand switch for a pretty big deal, actually a brand mm -hmm. switch for you. But brilliantly done in the simple brand position statement. How did you come up with it? Yeah, I'll be honest. When I wrote this, I don't know that I really had in the back of my mind, "Hey, this is our brand statement." Okay, it was more along the lines of, "How can I really just in one sentence say what we are and what we do?" Yeah. And how can I put that right there so that whenever anybody lands on our page, they're going to see it and they're going to know right away what this is. Um, and so as Joy and I, Joy, my wife, um, and I were talking about it, we just talked about really what is this that we do and how do we want to approach our weddings? And it was really, we want intimate weddings um, that are elopements and we're photographers. That's really about it. I mean, we have this subtitle on there that says for adventurous hearts. Um, as well, too, that kind of ties in a little bit with that as well, just on the elopement part that, hey, it's intimate elopements and we're adventure elopement photographers. Um, so that's really kind of what it, what it is. We just wanted to hit that home front and center. And ideally, we wanted it so that people would either understand what it is and love it or see what it is and think, oh, that's not for us. Yep. Well, and, and I think, first of all, you, you summed it up brilliantly and you just said what what is it that we do? Let's just communicate what we do really simply. Um, and yeah. for those listening in who've heard me talk endlessly now about brand position, 
brand position statement at, at a very base level is just that communicate very simply, very clearly. In this case, three words. I mean, I, again, major props to you for the simplicity of it. Um, <laughs> but but communicate very simply and clearly what it is that your brand offers, the service that it offers. And, and of course, the caveat being hopefully it's unique to that particular marketplace. Are there a lot of other photographers in the area who offer elopement photography? Um, you know, being based in Arizona, yes, because I, I feel like uh, Arizona is a little bit of a hub okay. for elopements. Okay. Um, we have a lot of people from all over the world and U.S. especially that fly here and come here for uh, weddings and elopements, uh, mostly for the scenery and, and the areas that we have here in Arizona. So there, there are quite a few. Yeah, def- definitely there are, are quite a few. Well, but I would venture that probably not many, if any at all, that have owned that position statement the way that you have. And again, it, it's, it seems maybe overly simplistic in some regards. Um, some photographers might say, well, yeah, I mean, what's the big deal? Why do we have to put there up at the top what it is that we offer? <laughs> but, but Ben highlighted that actually, which is if somebody lands on your site, they should immediately know what your brand stands for, what it represents and be able to very quickly, I mean, literally within seconds, say, this is for me, or at least potentially for me, or this is not a good fit. I'm going to move on and keep looking. And um, and so even if there are other photographers, one of the things I've talked about about a brand position statement, one of the ways that it can can actually stand out and be effective is if you are the first one to actually own that position. And the way that you so clearly owned that position, if you will, by by clearly stating it here on the homepage of the site, again, above the fold, they don't have to scroll and go looking for what your brand represents. I think it's really great. Um, so for those of you listening in, Thank you. make sure you go check it out, nomadelopements.com, and you'll be able to see this great example of a very clear brand, brand position statement, uh, very concise to clear and concise brand position statement at nomadelopements.com. By the way, for those of you listening in, if you want to follow Ben as well on Instagram, it's nomad underscore elopements on Instagram. We'll also link to that in the show notes. But Ben, let me jump to the next question. Um, Something that we've been asking since you came on the last time as well has to do with customer experience. And this almost seems cliche, but as much as customer (laughs) experience is important, I figured I'd ask our guests what it is um, that they have found has been most effective in delivering a really great customer experience. I think I think this might have even been a suggestion from one of our listeners. But how would you answer that question? Yeah, and honestly, I love that question um, because it, it's such a huge deal. It's no longer is it acceptable to just be able to take good photos, <laughs> you know, and, and sure. remain in business. Yeah. you have to have so much more. And uh, this, this customer service aspect is one of those things and the customer experience more particularly um, really uh, kind of is what is driving so much of uh, our business on everything. Well, and, and to be clear, too, you, you said it's no longer we, we can't any longer just simply offer a service to, to, I guess, really young photographers that may not make a lot of sense to you and I probably like we can remember the days where the idea of just calling or being a professional photographer, maybe having won an award or two, being able to shoot a picture with a medium format camera or even a 35 millimeter camera, um, that actually carried enough weight that you could kind of get by. You can no longer just simply know how to take a great picture. You have to be able to deliver a great experience in order to stand out with as many photographers as there are. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. So for, for me, I really kind of, and you know, Nathan, you probably know this from talking to me before is I like to, I, I hate to say this, but I like to dumb things down 
I like to make things as simple as humanly possible. I think it's smart. Um, in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we kind of did this as well too. And really on the customer experience level, the biggest thing that we really kind of looked at, and I, I keep saying we, because I, I like to talk um, in reference to my wife and myself as we approach this, but we looked at uh, Oprah and Oprah was one of the the great minds that that talked a lot about what people want. Um, and in in her last in her last segment, she talked about really that people just want to be heard, that they want validation. Hmm. And that's kind of what we've taken our experience and molded it around that um, to where we offer, validation on people's ideas and thoughts and wants. Um, and by doing that, it, it really has created something to where people, they, they, they accept us more. They really kind of get excited about not necessarily us, but their own idea that we help them kind of bring out and understand. Um, I just, those types of things. So we, we help them create that validation. We, we give them that validation and let them know that, Hey, going on an elopement and hiking for four hours before your wedding is actually okay. Um, you know, I mean, we, we give them the validation on, on those things huh. that their idea really has, has merit and meaning and that it's okay to do. And that's really kind of central to our customer experience, um, that we, that we offer and create. And how do you, I mean, outside of actually saying those words to them, how do you practically offer that validation? Is it is it yeah. by even alluding to the to the idea, like that approach to wedding and, and wedding photography to begin with? Or is it they, they tell you what they want and then you're just encouraging them after the fact? Um, it's both. Um, I think it kind of depends upon the, the couple themselves. Um, and at times it's one more than the other, but generally it's, it, it's a little bit of both on there. Okay. And so the number one thing is that, um, we listen to them and we don't, you know, here's the thing. And I'll give you an example, Nathan, when most wedding photographers sit down for, uh, their first initial consultation with a couple, they ask them the same three questions that most other photographers always ask them. And that is, how did you meet? Yeah. How did you propose? You know, those types of, of questions. And those are fine and those are great. But really, we ask those still um, because we want to know those things and we want them to get excited about it. But we listen to them on, we try to listen to them on a deeper level. Um, and we try to ask questions uh based off of what they're saying to help them understand that we are listening to them and that we are taking what they say to heart and understand. Um, so that, that's kind of what, what we really do is we really, and again, this sounds so simple, but we really listen to them. And then we really follow up with deep questions uh, based off of what they're saying. Um, and then after that, we get excited based off of their excitement as well too. Yeah. Um, and that in turn helps get them more excited, you know? Um, and so it, it's very simple, but it's something that um, works so well. And uh, again, it, it really, uh, it really has worked well for us. Well, it, it's funny how they, even the simplest things, and I, I know I've said this before, but it, it's so true how even the, the simplest things can make us as 
human beings just feel better about ourselves or about an experience and something as simple as validation and in many cases through just listening and smiling and making eye contact yeah. and nodding your head and then getting genuinely like showing genuine excitement i think that's a really big deal too by the way like it's easy to become kind of robotic um, you know, whether right. me as a, as a, as a, as a podcast host or in interacting with a client or as a photographer doing a meeting with a potential client, like we can kind of, we can put on a show, we can put on a face, we can smile, um, outwardly anyway, but to actually show genuine interest, I think that comes through in the tone of our voice and it really makes a difference. It comes through in the expression on our face. And so to genuinely get excited with the people in front of us, in this case, about their elopement, can really translate to a great feeling to begin with. You make that really positive impact, and that can carry out through or throughout the experience. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, think about it from their perspective as well, too. Like they're talking to, you know that you're not the only photographer that they're talking to. Sure. And so as they listen to other photographers, you know, are those photographers delivering a message that is like you said, robotic in a way, just based on those same questions that everybody's going to be asking, you know, how do you really uh, separate yourself out and how do you help them understand that, Hey, what you're feeling and what you're wanting to do is real and it's valid and it's okay. And we are on board with you to, to take this to another level. So. Well, I, I know that um, just from having had the opportunity to spend time with you and joy in person, uh, I'm not at all surprised that this is a, a priority for you guys. And I can only imagine uh, that for the clients on the other side of that experience, uh, it's it's a positive one as well. I've, I've loved the opportunity to have conversation with you both in person and, of course, in this case, virtually um, over time. And I'm hoping for more of it in the future. But I, I know that you guys genuinely enjoy connecting with people and for those of you listening in, I mean, again, as cliche as it might sound, just putting that extra internal effort into a genuine desire to connect with somebody in front of you, it will come across. Ben actually lives what he's talking about because I've had the experience of that interaction. Um, but we need to make that and we need to be intentional um, about that effort in our interaction with our clients because it really will make a difference. It will make an impact in their experience with us. So that's a great reminder, Ben. I really appreciate that. Let's actually transition to another question. And um, yeah. obviously this podcast is, is sponsored by Photographers Edit. We don't talk a lot about PE uh, or even for that matter, outsourcing that much per se, but I am curious if you have had experience with outsourcing or delegation of any form, not just editing in your business and what your experience has been with that. Have you seen any benefit from it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, number one, uh, we outsource our editing to photographers at it. Um, love you guys love everything you do. <laughs> By the way, I wasn't trying to set you up. I, I swear. Uh, no, I, promise. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That, that's been fantastic. And, and you guys were actually the very first people that we started to outsource to years and years ago. Hmm. And so, uh, yeah. And honestly, you guys were kind of that stepping stone on like, can we really outsource? I'm not sure, you know, do we want to take that leap? And sure. we tried it Yeah. and you guys did amazing with it. And it gave us more confidence to be able to outsource more and more because it was such a good experience okay. um, for us. So uh, that was amazing. And, and I mean, kudos to you and your team. You guys have been 
phenomenal. I, I seriously, I can't say it enough. And I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you guys on here. <laughs> well, you're being very generous. And I, the last thing that I want is is for anybody listening in to think, oh man, they totally planned this ahead of time. But I, I promise no. I did. You're being very, very generous with, with your kind words. Thank you. Absolutely. You know, other things that we have outsourced, um, we did outsource SEO um, at one time. Yeah. And that was actually really good. We took that back because uh, some other things happened along along the way. And we're looking to outsource that again. That's going to be our next thing to outsource mm. um, is our SEO. Okay. You know, just because we feel like that's one of those things that it doesn't require us to have a lot of creativity and control right. over in a way. Like I'm okay letting go of yep. SEO. <laughs> it's one of those time suckers that I'm like, yeah. Well, and having somebody that's a professional that can, I mean, because it really is more scientific than it is, um, I guess, subjective and preferential. It's there, right. there are certain words that somebody is going to tend to search for when they're looking for a particular thing. And as long as you have those in the right places, then you're likely going to be able to drive or encourage more traffic your direction. And and yeah, being able to delegate that to somebody else is, is really important. We've seen I mean, massive uh, positive results from our presence online. And, and fortunately, we've had, well, ultimately positive results um, in that regard. But a lot of that, in fact, the majority of it really has come from letting somebody else handle it and not trying to figure it out ourselves. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, can you imagine trying to figure out all the stuff that those guys already know and can do? Right. Like, it, it's just worth it to me to to outsource that than to spend that time to try to learn and perfect all that stuff and actually do it. That's really all we outsource outside of uh, Joy and myself. Now, okay. Joy has certain aspects that she does um, on the business. And then I have certain aspects that I do as well, too. So in a way, we kind of split um, a lot of the things to do, so to say, but not necessarily outsource them because it's us doing it. Sure. Um, but that that would really be about it. Uh, what would you say, especially in the context, well, I guess for editing as well, it's relevant, um, editing yeah. or, or SEO or anything else. There is... Some might say, well, in order to save money, it does actually make sense for me to to try to learn to do it myself. If you were in a debate with this individual, what would you say in response to that um, that thought process? Um, I would agree to a certain level. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is a, I think a lot of times we blanket judge everything linearly. And what I mean by that is we take a new photographer and judge them the same as we would an experienced photographer, someone that's been in business for a long time. Hmm. So f for an example, if you're a brand new photographer, you may not have money to outsource SEO and it would actually probably benefit you to study and learn, you know, SEO and to actually do some of those things on there so that you have a better knowledge and understanding okay. for SEO. You know, now if you're more experienced and you've been doing it for a while and you have the ability and the uh, means to do so, then absolutely, I would recommend to outsource that because then at that point, what happens is your time becomes money and your time is better spent on other things than typing in keywords and, you know, <laughs> just all sorts of different things like yeah, that that yeah. really, really you don't need to do. I would rather spend that time figuring out, you know, how can I uh, work better with these wedding planners? How can I do this, you know? Uh, that's going to give me um, additional results as well too. Um, so that 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 would really be what I would say is yes to a degree, and it really depends upon where that person is based on their business. Okay, so a little bit of perspective doesn't hurt. I mean, I, I would I would agree even that on the editing side of things too, it's hard yeah. to to 
delegate or to outsource something if you don't know what it is that you want. Having the mm-hmm. perspective in the case in the context of editing, for example, of what it means to get to that look that you're going for enables you then to effectively be able to communicate that to somebody else and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Will you do this for me? Um, I mean, I, I'm still learning the, the concept uh, as a you know business owner of or well, multiple businesses at this point over 20 years or so. Um, the idea of delegation communication, I think, is one of the biggest challenges innate to that process. And it really starts with being clear with, with or clear about what you actually want out of that process to begin with. Otherwise, that you're trying to communicate to somebody. If you're not clear with what about what you want, trying to then communicate that to somebody else and actually get it across to them and get that thing done effectively can be extremely challenging and extremely frustrating at the end of the day. And nobody's really happy on happy on either side in in those situations. So we have to learn how to communicate yep. clearly. In order to do that, we have to be clear about what it is that we want, and having a little bit of experience in whatever that thing is really can lend context to that conversation. So that that's great perspective as well. Um, let me actually jump to something a little bit different. We we talk about books quite a bit here on the podcast, and. Um, I'm curious if there's a particular business or self-help book over the years, last few years in particular, maybe that has made a really big impact in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, I think everyone's going to say something like um, brand story or something along those lines, Story <laughs> brand, you know, or something along yeah, those yeah, lines, yeah. Um, which yes, I, I agree with. And, and it is absolutely. And it, it deserves all the credit that it gets. Um, along with many, many other books out there. But really the one that had the biggest impact on my business um, and me and Joy, uh, and this is so simple again, but again, that's my life, is Total Money Makeover, Dave Ramsey. That is the book really? okay. that made it possible yeah. for me to be a full-time photographer. Um, you know, so I mean, really that that's that's the book that made things happen for us. That's the one that had the impact, I would say. And this one's come up on the podcast before. And of course, we'll make sure to put it in the show notes for anybody who's curious, who's not read the book. But it sounds like a a lot of perspective was gained on the financial management front um, from this book. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before, um, you know, and, and not to go too crazy in depth on things here, but before I tried to become a, a full-time photographer, I had kind of not astronomical amounts of debt, but I had debt and it wasn't great. Sure. And it, it, it made it so that it became very difficult for me to actually run a business and have that debt and all these other things. And, and honestly, the first time I tried to become a full-time photographer, um, it backfired and it didn't work so well. Hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and, and so then we had to really kind of look at what made the most sense on everything. And that was getting our financial house in order so that we could focus solely on the business um, and not have these things hanging over our heads. Um, So that really made the biggest impact overall uh, for everything for us to be able to do. Well, and and it's, it's not, it's certainly not the most fun um, to to have to, to incorporate a certain level of discipline in order to, as you say, get your financial house in order. But one of the things that's interesting, it actually struck me, I was listening, I was was driving earlier and I I listening to a podcast, um, Joe Rogan podcast actually, and and Kevin Hart was Mm -hmm. on the show and they were both talking about, you know, what it takes to, to do well in a career and do well in life in general. Um, and they were talking from a perspective to people who are extremely wealthy financially. 
And when you're in that in that state, not even necessarily wealthy, but you you've got all your needs met, maybe some money in the bank, and you're in a good place, it it really frees you up to be able to talk philosophically, even in that context about you know these are the things that you should do in life in in order to to get where you want to go. Um, whereas the flip side of that, and and the situation that a lot of people, including photographers, and I've I've certainly been in as well in the past, uh, where you're you're in a bad spot financially. There's so much stress associated with being in that position that it doesn't free you up to think creatively and and to go after some of those bigger ideals and those bigger goals like you might hear some of these people talk about. And and so I, I would encourage everybody listening in to to take Ben's recommendation here, whether it's with this particular book or others, but certainly to make the effort to... And I'm going to borrow that phrase again, get your financial house in order, because it not only obviously puts you in a better place as far as your career is concerned, but it frees you up as an individual and as a creative to be able to think more freely, to focus on delivering a better experience, to bring really beautiful imagery to your clients when you don't have to worry about the financial side. Yeah, 100% agree with that. And, you know, and, and as you know from from the podcast, there are so many books out there that we'll talk about all these amazing ideas, you know, on how to create business and do all these things. But ultimately, if your financial house, so to say, isn't in order, those other things become very, very hard. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of like a building block in a way, you know, and laying that foundation is really kind of the key to be able to move on to other things and do other things. So. Well, well, we'll certainly link to that in the show notes, bocapodcast.com. By the way, for anybody listening in, if you don't take advantage of the show notes, make sure you do. Lots of information there from each of these episodes that Haley puts together for, for you. So take advantage, bocapodcast.com. And actually, the most popular books that we discuss here on the podcast uh, from our various guests are at boca, B-O-K-E-H, bookshelf.com. You can go directly to that resource and they're categorized and um, linked to Amazon. Really easy to go just pick up a book if you're looking for one to read, uh, including this particular one. So make sure you check out uh, that particular resource. But but I'm going to keep going here. And, and actually leading up to our yeah. conversation today, um, you, you set the bar kind of high, actually, telling me <laughs> that that you wanted to talk about prioritizing family and how, and not just prioritizing family, because again, that might seem a little bit obvious and maybe a bit cliche. And it's certainly something that we've talked about here on the podcast before, but you actually said that you want to talk about how prioritizing family makes somebody a better photographer. And that's a, that's a pretty big statement, but I want to get yep. into this. And, and I guess to begin with, just as a, to, to kind of set up the conversation, was there a time in your life where family maybe wasn't quite the priority that it is right now? Um, that you experienced, uh, well, I, mean, I guess ultimately where it affected your business and, and your life and that it caused it to suffer? Uh, yes. And, um, you know, in really, really quick, Nathan, on here, I'm probably going to open up more than I probably should and probably more than what Joy will want me to. Um, <laughs> we won't tell. But, <laughs> exactly. We won't tell. Um, so I, I might, you know, get uh, hit in the shoulder once or twice afterwards here. But <laughs> uh, basically, and really quick, before I, I jump into this, I want to say one thing on here really fast. In, in the things that I, I probably will talk about and say on here. I want to preface this by saying that there's going to be times in your business when you need to, you know, just grind it out and work hard, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and you have to do that. And I totally understand that, you know, times when you're first starting out times when, um, 
you might be, you know, switching over something like a major change in your business, you know, whatever that might be. That's understandable. That's okay. Uh, the issue arises when that gets prolonged um, mm. and it becomes something that happens all the time. Yep. Um, and that becomes the new normal. And that's what happened to me. You know, in 2018 and 2019, those were fantastic years for us in our business. Um, we hit goals that honestly, I, I dreamt of hitting um, when we first started down this road. That's um, cool. and it, it, it was great. The issue that happened though is I'll give you a, a, an example. 2019, October 2019 specifically, that's kind of when it hit, hit me uh, really hard. It was the end of October, right before beginning of November, which was actually one of the times when United hit and when we saw you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was going through just a ton of stuff at that time. Um, and, and what had happened is in October 2019, we shot um, a total of, let's see here, 12 weddings that month. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, for some people, they might be like, only 12, that's, that's no big deal. Um, other people might be like, holy cow, that's a lot. It just kind of, again, depends on your perspective and business for sure. us. That was the most we had ever shot by far in a single month. Um, we were doing, you know, three weddings, you know, back to back to back, just uh, a lot. And it became so much. And then we had United and we were doing things with United that were fantastic and amazing. And then November hit and we did another um, nine weddings on top of that. And that season really made it very, very difficult for us, um, for me and my family, because I constantly put my business ahead of joy. I put my business ahead of my daughter. I put my business ahead of pretty much everything hmm. um, in life. And, you know, and I, I hate that I, I, did that. And I hate that I, I'm saying that, but really that's what happened. And it wasn't that they weren't important to me or anything like that. It was something that I felt like I had to do in order to continue um, this uh, so-called success or business and, and things like that uh, to keep it going. And that, that was really the time where it, it hit me and where it was hard. Um, that's, that's when I felt like, Hey, I kind of know that things aren't happening in the direction and in, in way that I want, because my family, I feel like is suffering because I feel like I'm constantly stuck here in front of this computer, you know, working all the time and not necessarily giving them the attention that they deserve as well too. So yes, I, I definitely do feel like there was a time there where I didn't prioritize them in the way that I should have for sure. And uh, if you don't mind sharing, then I mean, that that's, first of all, I, I appreciate you even being willing to share that much, but what was the, what was the conversation maybe that happened? Because <laughs> I, and I'm sure it was tough, but I, when I think about um, being able to juggle a business uh, with yeah. family, a partner or otherwise there a lot of it's about communication, right? I mean, if, if expectations are, are managed proactively and there's an understanding that, as you pointed out even earlier, like, hey, this is a phase we're going to go through right now that is, I mean, ultimately getting us to where we want to be in a year or two years or three years, like this is just kind of part of that process. 
Um, thanks for understanding. Is there anything I can do to help you? And these kinds of proactive conversations. Was some of that happening or was that kind of set aside or what, like what, what did that, what did that element of your relationship look like at that point? Yeah. And, um, honestly, that's one of the things that, that I really want to touch on. Okay. Um, but ultimately what had happened is no, that, that those conversations weren't happening. And that was pretty much one of the biggest issues, Hmm. um, for us. And, you know, and, and you kind of hit on something in that a lot of times when, when we look at this, we think, okay, I just have to work this hard and get to this point and then it'll free me up. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I will have made it. I will have done it. I will yeah. have hit it. And then when I can reality, find balance again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I can balance everything else. Yeah. And when in reality, you and I both know that once we hit that point, there's another mountain Yep. and there's another peak that we're like, okay, I have to hit that one and then I'll be able to balance everything. I swear, I promise, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and that's what it was like. And it, it was very difficult because joy, bless her heart. She saw it coming a mile away. Me, I'm blind to those things. And I don't notice those things right away <laughs> um, and, until it smacks me in the head. <laughs> so, um, so that conversation was a little, little more like, uh, Joy sitting me down and talking to me saying, Hey, either you need to start putting your priorities into check with our family, or you have to figure something else with this business because it's not working how it's going right now. Hmm. And and that was a hard conversation, man, a really, really hard conversation to have, Hmm. Um, you know, and it was nothing like, you know, uh, against or, or separating joy and I out or anything or putting us against each other. We wanted to work together on this stuff to make it work um, and, and have a great business and a great uh, family that was prioritized and number one on my list as it should have been the entire time. Um, but it, as oftentimes as husbands, as we realize it takes our wives sometimes to really point out when we're screwing things up <laughs> and, and, and she helped me to see a lot of those things, um, in a way that, that was very, uh, supportive and, and, um, and, and worked really well for us. Well, and you kind of have to, I mean, getting feedback that is at least initially maybe feels negative, it's constructive. And in, in, right. in this context, certainly, um, you have to set aside ego in order to be able to accept that and to swallow that and, and actually do something positive with it. Um, it might hurt right that yeah. that initial second, but then what can come from it if we allow room for that can be really, really great, uh, which I guess is really just a great natural segue to my next question, which is what are the important principles that you've put into place since that have enabled you to better prioritize family while being a, a business owner? I mean, how do you apply these actually? And it, what does it look like, I guess, in a practical level day to day? Yeah, for sure. Um so, and that's kind of the key that you said is it's a day-to-day thing. I think so many times, you know, you and your significant other have the best intentions on stuff, but then you get caught up and busy and your focus goes to something else and you don't follow through maybe as much as you should sure. on something. Yeah. You don't, you know, you, you're just not consistent on the things that you wanted to accomplish and do. Um, so for me, for an example, one of the most important things, and I actually learned this one here um, from Amy and Jordan, that I love them to death and they're, they're you know, friends of mine, but how you wake up in the morning and how you go to bed at night, those two points 
make one of the biggest differences around your entire day. Now, I'm going to take it one step further and I'm going to say those two points also make the biggest difference to your significant other mm. on what you're doing mm. with your entire day. Okay. Um, so for an example, back when I was running into all these issues, what I would do is I would wake up, reach over, grab my phone, look to see what emails I had, answer those, look to see what was going on on Instagram, answer those posts, different things like that. Same thing with Facebook. I'd go through those things just right away. It would take about, I would say probably maybe an hour, you know, along those lines, same thing at night, right before I go to bed, I would do that exact same thing as well too. And now I don't touch my phone at all. (laughs) You know, I, I make sure that I do that once a day at least, but it's more in the middle of the day when the time is set up for me to do that. It's not just a sporadic, hey, let me check this um, type thing. It's more with intent and it's more on, uh, it's more with understanding with uh, my wife on, hey, at this time, this is what I'm going to be doing, just so you know. And she expects it and she knows knows it and, and she's totally great with that. The issue arose is when it was constantly, that was the beginning of our day, that was the end of our day, and it was a lot throughout the day as well, too. And it made it so that my focus was pulled away from her and our family and put on the business right away at the beginning of every day and also at the end. So that was a difficult thing. Would you would you then sum up that first principle then by saying, or, or, or I guess by saying that we need to be more intentional with the way that we're giving time to our business as opposed to letting the business kind of decide how we're spending our time? 100%. Yes. So being intentional with your time, with your business, but also being intentional with your time, with your family, because it's, it's about both, hmm. you know, and, and you have to have both on there. hundred percent. It's about being intentional there. And again, it's about how you start that day and how you end it and okay. making sure that your significant other feels value, valued and loved and everything else right away at the beginning of that day. And also at the end of the day. And that's going to open up your entire day for so much more. And I, I like the, there's, I know it was just a little side comment, but it, it reminded me of something that, that uh, myself and my girlfriend do, which is to proactively communicate what it is that we're actually doing on our phone. Because we've had enough conversations about, mm-hmm. you know, concerns of uh, d- the distraction that can come from being on our phone yeah. or, or otherwise. And, and so like if, if they, the other person is there and we're on our phone, you'll likely hear a quick comment, which is, Hey, I'm just uh, responding to my mom because she texted me this thing, right. or Hey, I'm, I'm texting the kids because we're they're, They, they just sent me a message or whatever it is, but there's this proactive communication, um, which has to do with what we were talking about earlier, that idea of like proactively managing expectations, or in this case, communicating what's going on just so there's a certain amount of awareness, um, certainly about what, what's actually going on in the moment, what it is that we're doing. But I think ultimately it's, it shows a certain level of deference and sensitivity to the other person and their significance, despite the business, if you will. Yep. hundred percent. That's really cool. Yeah. And that actually leads right into kind of my second point on there. Okay. And that is that communication ahead of time is the key. Uh, you know, it, mm. it's about, it's about making sure that and I, I hate to kind of say it like this, but just for lack of a better idea or term, but you're almost setting up your day in a way with, with your significant other so that they understand what it is that you're working on and what you're doing. So if I say 
to Joy for an example. Hey, Joy, um, just so you know, at this time, this is kind of one of the things I'm going to be working on here. And it's going to take me about this long. Um, are you cool with that? Is there something else that you need me to do or, uh, you know, is focusing on this? Uh, okay for you. Um, and, and I don't word it necessarily in that way, but that's kind of the idea behind it. Um, you know, setting up your significant other so that they kind of feel like they're part of what you're doing is a big key mm. and they need to feel invested in what you're doing in your business just as much as, um, you are and, and do. And, and when you have them feel feeling invested in that way, they're going to be so much more open to allowing you to work that little bit extra or do those couple other little things a little bit more. Um, and it just kind of helps with the expectations that you might uh, have with each other. Well, and, and we're not talking about the notion of, of ownership here, right? We're just talking about a certain level of right. respect for the other person. It's not that you yeah. have to get their permission per se. It's more about, hey, about wanting to stay on the same page, uh, respecting yeah, exactly. the significance of the other. And as a result, as you pointed out, pro, I mean, I, the, the note, I'm, I'm taking notes here as you're talking. The note that I wrote down was simply proactive communication. Um, that's yep. all That's all we're talking about. And it's a healthy thing to do in the context of a relationship. Uh, I, I think it's a really great reminder. Yeah, hundred percent. And like you said, it's it's not about asking permission. That's not the that's not what I would want it to come across as. Right. Um, that that's that's not not what it is. But it, I mean, all of us have kind of unspoken expectations yes. that we have, yes. um, whether it's within our you know marriage or with our spouse or whatever it might be. And the more we can do to lower those unspoken expectations mm. or kind of really define them in yep. a way, yep. that is kind of the key. That, that's what you want to do. hundred percent. Yeah. The, the, the assumptions, yeah, assumptions. that's, that's what really gets us in trouble. So it, if we're just simply laying it out there proactively communicating that that's, it, it just, it, again, it seems kind of cliche and almost obvious, but I know, I mean, and maybe I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I remember, um, and it, it, this is years ago with my, with my ex, we were playing a game with some friends and, um, it was, it was a really enlightening experience because one of the things that actually was really strong in our relationship at the time was communication. And, and so we knew each other quite well, um, almost to a fault really, but we were, we were getting together with friends for games and we were playing, I don't know if you've heard the newlywed game. Uh, it was a TV show, yeah. but they have a board game version. And so we played this newlywed game and it come to find out, kind of long story short, come to find out these, these friends of ours, these couples didn't really know each other that well, even on a, a pretty basic level. And, and a lot of that comes down to a lack of proactive communication. And so um, I, I say all that to say it, it can hurt the relationship if we are not doing what... Ben is talking about here, which is to proactively communicate, whether that's with a spouse, uh, a significant other of some type, or even a friend or or other family member with whom we have a close relationship, and somehow you know our lives as business owners um, is very closely entangled with. We need to make sure that we are proactively communicating um, for the sake of managing expectations effectively. It's it's just absolutely vital. That's a really great reminder. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean. Can you imagine? This is just an example. Joy, we have a seven-year-old daughter, and Joy put our daughter to bed probably every night for I would say about four months straight without me doing it once. Now, number one, that's a horrible thing for me to say. 
<laughs> that's horrible <laughs> on me and my part. I know that. But can you imagine I'm in the computer, uh, in the computer room working. Mm. She's there reading stories every night for an hour, you know, trying to get our daughter down. It's just not a fair thing for me to assume that she automatically knows what it is I'm working on and why I'm working on it. Interesting. You know, and so those were kind of some of those expectations that I needed to to clarify and and help understand. And number one, I didn't understand her expectations or assumptions. And number two, she didn't understand mine, which is really weird because I Nathan, you know this, but we've been married for 22 years. We don't have a problem communicating. <laughs> you know, we talk a lot yeah, and yeah. I feel like we're good at that, Yeah, but really in a way we weren't. Hmm. And, you know, and I think we were good at communicating on certain things, but other things, business being one and what we're doing with our time was one of those things that we weren't great at communicating on. Well, and, and just to be clear, I wasn't suggesting that you guys weren't good at communicating. I was just, I was oh, no, reminded no. <laughs> me of, yeah, it reminded yeah. me of, of, you know, that, that situation where I guess I came to a realization over time that there were a lot of couples who just simply don't naturally communicate a lot. I, I tend to be 100%. Um, a, a bit more of a, in some cases, actually an over communicator. I'll kind of apologize to Jill at times for that very thing, but um, but it, it's not necessarily natural for everyone. And so we just have to be aware of the significance of proactive communication for the sake of managing expectations, being on the same page and making sure that the other person feels um, prioritized. And and uh, that's what we're talking about here. So I appreciate that context. Yep. I, I You mentioned to me before we started recording that there was a third principle. Will you share that with us too? Yeah, yeah. I'll make this really quick just uh, for our, our time's sake here. Um, the third one was uh, making sure that uh, we create small pockets of moments in, in our day where we show that we value the other person. Um, and, and what I mean by that is I might be working and I might run downstairs um, and, you know, give Joy a big hug and kiss. I might, uh, while she's doing something, I might sneak into the kitchen, do dishes really quick. Um, I might you know, do something along those lines to where she knows and sees that number one, I value her and her time mm. and that she's also on my mind as well too. Yeah. yeah. So I think really uh, in a marriage, a lot of time what happens, and, and I guess this could be even just a, you know, even if you're not married, just with a significant other, um, you know, you, you have this thing to where, uh, you're constantly waiting for the other person to do something to show you that they care. Yeah, that reactive <laughs> mode. Yeah, that reactive type thing when really we just need to stop doing that and and show and show up and do something. It yeah. doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be grand. We don't have to go get flowers every day. Um, you know, nothing like that. It can be just a simple little uh, text. It could be a simple little, like I said, run down the stairs and give your spouse or significant other a big hug. You know, just let them know that you love them and that, hey, I'm working on something right now, but I'm going to be done in about two hours and I can't wait. You know, something along those lines. Um, it just shows that you're thinking about them. I mean, it, it goes back. I think that's kind of underlying all three of these principles. It's it's showing the other person that you are aware of them, that you see them. Um, and, and there are too many stories. And again, it's, it's almost cliche in nature. You hear these, these relationships that go south where one person feels like they were no longer seen in the context of that relationship. 
And right. I, I mean, that's just that feeling sucks. Um, to to be in that position sucks. And so, having a little bit of empathy in that regard, and keeping a certain level of awareness of that other person throughout the day, throughout the week. Um, really, really makes a big difference in the way that we engage with them and helps minimize the chance that they feel insignificant as a result. Yeah, 100%. That's really good. Well, I, I want to get to the, my last question here because, and, and yeah. kind of tie things together because, you know, we, we talk about the significance of relationships on the podcast and the significance of freedom and flexibility as a business owner so that we can prioritize those relationships. But you tied it together in a really interesting way and in that you were saying prioritizing family, I, I mean, you're, you're, pointing out the mm-hmm. significance of that idea, but you're saying it actually makes you a better photographer, uh, which is a really yes. interesting idea here. So will you share <laughs> the ways that prioritizing family has actually made you a better business owner and photographer? Yeah. And I kind of have a, a few points on this, but um, number one, it has made me or almost in a way forced me to have better, and I hate to use the word time management skills, but that, that for lack of a better uh, verbiage on there, sure, uh, that's really what it is. Yeah. Just, it has made me have better time management. So for an example, if I know that I have less time to work on editing this gallery, I'm going to hit that gallery full blown and really hard and do it really well. And I'll meet that goal. It's kind of like one of those things where in a normal, I hate to say normal job, but in in most people's day jobs, you know, that last day before they go on vacation, they can get like a ton of stuff done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, That's really what it's about. And it's harnessing that idea and thought into your daily actions every day. And as a business owner, it's kind of up to you to do that for yourself. But for, for me, we really realized that if I have less time to do stuff, I have to be more focused on what it is that I'm doing and not get distracted. And before my phone would, you know, send me a notification, somebody did something on Facebook or whatever. And I'd, Oh, Hey, let's check that out. (laughs) You know, And I would get distracted and do that and then go back to what I was working on. Now it's more, I can get the same amount of work done, actually even better in less time. Mm. Uh, because of this. So it's just more of a focused um, kind of intent on what it is that I'm working on. Yeah, it's a uh, helpful little nudge, if you will, <laughs> just to keep yeah, moving through exactly. the day. Yeah, it's so easy exactly. to get distracted, man. I mean, as much as I, as much as I talk about this on the podcast and and a bit of a time management geek myself, I'm I'm guilty, just as guilty of of letting myself get distracted by this thing or that thing, and um and and when we when we have a certain level, I guess you could call in this this context almost like a certain level of accountability in place. Um, yes. it can, it can give us that extra push and that nudge to get through our day. And, and I, I've said this before in the podcast, but I think that at least for the average wedding photographer, and I'm curious in your take on this, but the average wedding photographer, and I shot weddings for about 10 years myself, if you're shooting, let's just say an average 25 weddings a year that you could effectively get everything done that you need to in a week within about 20 hours, if you're managing time proactively, you're doing so efficiently. It, that's plenty of time in order to get the, you know, the admin work done, especially if you take advantage of the idea of, of delegation. Um, you, you can get the admin work that needs to be done. You can set up those meetings that are necessary, go to networking meetings, whatever it is, but you can do that in 20 to 25 hours a week easily if 
you're managing time efficiently. I hear or see these photographers talking about how you know they're up until one o'clock in, in the morning editing or doing this thing or doing that thing, or they're working 60, 80 hours a week, or they have a thousand emails in their inbox. And I'm like, that you're you're just not managing your time very well. And as a result, right. you're missing out on the freedom, the flexibility that you can have as a business owner, A, but that then, of course, translates to hurting the relationships in our life. Yeah, 100%. And I actually agree with you. I would say 20 to 25 hours right around there. That's a, that's right about perfect. Yeah. And, but it all, I mean, a lot of that can come from having a certain level of accountability, in this case, in the context of, yes. of relationships to a significant other, can give us that extra little boost. And, um, and it works out. It's a win-win for everybody involved. So that's really great. What, what's, the, what's the next way this has made you a, a better business owner and photographer? Yeah. Um, it clears out all the less important stuff that I used to focus on mm. and puts my focus on kind of that 20% that's going to give me the biggest results. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, we've heard this before, you know, the 20% yields the 80, you know, 80% of your results type thing. And it's very true. And so really what I do now is I don't necessarily worry about all that stuff. I really pick out what is the absolute most important thing. And I work on that and that's what I hit. Um, and that has really kind of, in a way it's, again, it's simplified my workflows. It's simplified what I do in my business. Um, it's simplified my life in a way. And it's also relieved a lot of stress on me as well, too, because I'm not constantly thinking I have to do this and this and this and this when really you, you can, but you don't really have to. Um, there's other things that, that are more important and I focus on those. So that, that's kind of the biggest part with the business is focus on the 20% that's going to give you the biggest results. Yeah. The 80% of the results. I, I love that principle. And and yeah, I, I love it because I've seen the significance of it in my life. I mean, I, there was a point 100%. at which, um, I, and I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but I was working as little as about four hours. Like the four hour work week was a reality for me at one point, about three years into starting photographers at it because um, a, I had a great team behind the company that was, that was making it work, but we had put the workflows and the systems in place. I had that enabled me to have that kind of freedom and flexibility. And so that is possible if we want to do it, but we have to be clear about what it is that we're trying to achieve in order to get to that place. And then also fully realize and, and I guess embrace the idea that this 80, 20 rule is, or can be a reality um, that generally 20% of what we do will make 80% or, or will bring 80% of the results. And we need to learn to focus on that. I, I was going to comment though, Ben, I, I think one of the significant um, reasons that a clear and distinct brand position uh, can be really valuable for a business is that it does help us focus our time. It, photographers that aren't clear about what it is that they're trying to offer as a brand um, there is a tendency, I think, in many cases that they can easily just have their hands in this thing and that thing and easily get distracted, uh, whereas you know exactly what it is that you're trying to bring to the market. And that that probably enables you to focus, whether it's conscious or subconscious, enables you to focus more effectively as well. Um, but I, th- I think that's really important, that that aid 20 principle, make sure that you focus on what actually makes, the, what drives movement, what drives growth in your business. Focus your time and effort on those things for those of you listening in. And it makes all the difference in the world and giving you the freedom and the flexibility on the other side to, to be able to focus on relationships. That's really good. Oh, 100%. 100%. Well, this this has been a, a really great 
conversation, um, a good reminder for all of us. Uh, as we close, do you just want to, are there any thoughts you kind of want to leave us with to kind of round out um, what we're talking about here? Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the last thought really on this is if you really kind of follow a lot of these kind of things that we've laid out here, what happens is ultimately you give yourself permission to work and you give yourself permission to enjoy your family time. Hmm. And what I mean by that is when you're at work, you don't feel guilty that you're at work. You don't feel guilty that you're doing these things and having to spend a little bit of extra time there because you've laid that foundation down, you know, ahead of time and your significant other, your family understands and knows what it is that you're doing. And so it takes that guilt away from you, which is amazing. And it's a great feeling because I was in there. I used to feel guilty about working so much and so long when I, when we were in the heat of everything. Mm. And now um, I don't feel guilty really that much on there. I mean, there may be a, a moment where I'm like, ah, this is running a little bit longer than you know I expected. Um, but that's really about it. Uh, there's just a better level of understanding on everything. Um, and it, it's enabled me to, to not feel guilty by working. And that's kind of what I mean by it makes you a better photographer is it gives you the um, ability to focus time with your family and your significant other and on the things that you want, but it also enables you to focus directed time on your business and focus time on your business so that you can actually accomplish more with less time. And you're doing the things that really will give you the results more so than just the stuff that you think you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that that busy work. Uh, that's a yeah. That's a really great way to sum up this conversation, Ben. This has been extremely valuable, and I really appreciate you sharing with our listeners. And for everybody listening in, as, as I mentioned earlier, go to Nomad Elopements, just like it sounds. dot com, and on Instagram, it's Nomad underscore Elopements. Make sure that you follow. Ben and this lovely brand. And um, Ben, I really appreciate you making time for the Boca podcast today. Absolutely, Nathan. Thanks so much. It's been awesome. Thanks so much, photographers, for listening to the Boca podcast. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at bocapodcast.com. We do try to bring this show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographers Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing.